Destroy ourselves if we can't agree 
homes I see The world we know fall piece by piece Set down up close to the colored black hole Like they'd always told me not to Saw the one dimension polka dot pass And all the illusion shattered Money's only paper, only hate We'll destroy ourselves if we can't agree
Give me a pair of pectorals Like Diana Nyad I want to swim 89 miles Give me a set of deltoids Like Tracy Calkins I want to be strong Like those Amazons Like Annie Myers I want to learn to shoot Like Cheryl Miller I wanted to play For the Dallas Diamonds And live with Martina Like Nancy Lieberman Strong, strong Strong, strong Like an Amazon Like Utami Kennard I want to smash that birdie Like Christy Cook I want to acquire The perfect drop shot Have total control Over that shuttlecock Strong, strong Strong, strong Like an Amazon I want to run in the Boston Marathon I want to go, go, go Like Allison Rowe Like Billie Jean King I want to serve and volley Like Martina can I want to be strong Like an Amazon I want to smack the ball Like Ivana Gulaga Strong, strong Strong, strong Like an Amazon I want to learn to drive like Janet Guthrie I want to zoom, zoom like Cha-Cha Downey I want to be strong like an Amazon I want to be strong, strong like an Amazon Hello, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, so stay tuned.
Welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val, and you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. We're here in the Mission District, right on the corner of 21st and Florida. It's a funky little spot if you ever want to stop by when you're in the neighborhood. Lots of cool shows happening all week long. Today is Friday, is uh, November 10th, 2017. And uh, as I said... Mutiny Radio is a community radio station, and if you would like to have your own show at Mutiny Radio, you may. Uh, it just takes a little bit of training, and you can, if you want information about that, you can email our director at the email address director at mutinyradio.fm. You'll get in touch with Pam Benjamin, and she will say, hey, what's up? When can you come in to start training? And there are lots of open spaces on our schedule right now. If you'd like to come be a part, basically, you get two hours a week of studio time to produce your show in this free-form internet radio format in this, as aforementioned, funky little art space that we have right on the corner of 21st in Florida. So if you've ever thought about having your own show, I know I did many, many years ago, and I thought to myself, well, I don't know what I'd talk about. What would I talk about? Um, And then it took me a few years to actually wander my way back to Mutiny Radio, and uh, well just started showing up and the rest is her story you're listening to women's magazine that was some music initially from emma's revolution from their album called revolution now singing and uh you can come and sing you can come and say what you want and uh i was really privileged to attend what felt to me like a very historic event this week at the Curran Theater in downtown San Francisco. There was a very special event where Michael Krasny, who is the host of Forum on KQED Radio, interviewed Edward Snowden via live webcam while where he is cur- currently, well, in his words, a fugitive living in Russia. So Edward Snowden, as a little reminder to everybody, uh, used to work for both the CIA and the NSA, the Na- uh, National Security Agency. Um, and when he, and then he was working as a, an NSA, he was hired uh, by an NSA contractor named Booz Allen Hamilton. That's a company, not a person. And will distinguish uh, people from companies, even though the Supreme Court doesn't think so. Anyhow, um, different story. So anyhow, um, he was working as an NSA contractor, and he discovered this incredible overreach of uh, the, you know, portions of the U.S. government um, unconstitutionally searching and retrieving the private communication informations of millions of Americans, including you and me. So just, let's just be clear. Phone records, um, three degrees of your friends on social networks, um, huge, huge sweeps of, of information uh, that, they, that the NSA was getting access to. Um, and when Edward Snowden, who was a 
is a technologist. Um, he had been working in the government for many years. Uh, still a young man um, back in 2013 in his early 30s. Uh, but he comes from a long line of people who, family who've worked in government positions um, and, uh, you know, kind of like signed up, you know, to, to serve his country in a sense during the Iraq war when most of us, if you're listening to my show, were out in the streets protesting. Uh, he was like good old all-American kid, uh, young man, smart guy, very smart man, um, who you know wanted to work for the government, serve his country. So he signed up, um, you know, and he's always worked on the technology side of things. Um, did work in the, for the CIA, did work for the NSA, but then when he discovered this incredible breach of privacy, uh, he wanted to do something about it. And so he blew the whistle, as they say. Um, now, he didn't do it in the in the vein of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, um, which just kind of, their policy is just kind of print whatever they find, um, publicize it, and not really blot anything out or, or hold anything back. Um, and of course, uh, Julian Assange is is basically kind of being is, is isolated <laughs> right now, <laughs> avoiding international arrest. But um, but the, what Edward Snowden, his approach was to kind of package some of this information so that it would be newsworthy or news ready. Uh, he met with a couple of different journalists, including Glenn Greenwald from the uh, Guardian. Um, newspaper. Um, there was another uh, journalist that he met with from Der Spiegel, which is in Germany, and then one other that I, is escaping me right now. Um, and he met with them in Hong Kong and opened up this debate about privacy and wanted to, as he explained the other night at the Current Theater, he wanted to make sure that this was in the public interest and wanted it to be vetted by uh, professional journalists uh, and their editors to make sure that he wasn't just crazy, he wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just him. Um, so he ended up releasing a lot of this information uh, through the press back in 2013. Um, unfortunately, that meant that he also uh, took some uh, government property of, of sorts, what we would call it, you know, the information that he was, that he was sharing. Um, and then the, the U.S. government kind of went on a hunt for him, in a sense. Um, he, apply, he has applied for asylum in 21 different countries, but every time he got a little bit closer and closer to being granted asylum, uh, it's, there would be some sort of high-order phone call from the U.S. saying, don't even think about it. Um, the U.S. will re retaliate against you in your country in some way, shape, or form undisclosed if you grant Edward Snowden asylum. Now, a, a, a note on that is under the United Nations Declaration of Human Human rights. Asylum is a human right. So uh, the U.S. has been, um, well, ignoring uh, the edicts of the United Nations Human Rights um, Declaration in, in more than one way, but in this way especially. And so he ended up in Russia. And when he got to Russia, he was told that his U.S. passport had been canceled. And he was basically sequestered to the airport terminal for about a month in Moscow um, and then and then eventually Russia granted him 
asylum or a temporary asylum, which they've continued to extend. Uh, but he is, in many people's view, an American hero, not an American traitor. Um, a hero for the people because he exposed what everyone, well, not everyone, but what a lot of people already suspected, um, considering the, the technologies that we have, that the government has been spying on Americans. And, um, you know, one of the justifications for that, you know, in the, in the wake of the emergency after... 9-11, um, you know, in the Patriot Act, uh, which was implemented almost immediately, uh, a document that had been written before the Twin Towers got, I'll say, blown up um, and crashed into by some planes. But, um, yeah, so so uh, the, the intelligence community, the, uh, the central government, um, you know, really was taking advantage of the fear that so many Americans were experiencing after 9-11. And uh, there was a, you know, a debate, a, a conversation, a public conversation that was opened up about, well, what do you trade liberty for security? Um, you know, well, if you want to be free, then you have to give up some of your freedom so that you can be secure. Um, maybe that means giving up some of your private information. And if you have nothing to hide, then you have nothing to worry about. Um, but as we can see, um, information can be easily manipulated. Uh, and you might be a three degrees of separation from somebody that is, you know, of interest for some reason or another, whether or not it actually, you know, for they actually pose a threat to anybody or not. Um, it's kind of this huge field of uh, what we've now come to call metadata. So Edward Snowden exposed all this, um, and he's been demonized, uh, you know, from the central government. Obama uh, said he wasn't a patriot. Um, the current president, number 45, in one of his, you know, ridiculous uh, speeches, offhand con comments, said he should be executed. Um, some really horrendous things. But uh, since this initially came out in 2013 and Obama called Edward Snowden, said he was not a patriot, um, then Obama actually put together a couple of investigative commissions to, to, to figure out what was going on. And they did, in fact, find... <laughs> there were these huge sweeps of, of Americans being spied on, uh, their information being um, tracked, held, um, and uh, and um, Obama kind of had to eat his words a little bit, um, but he didn't go so far as to apologize to Edward Snowden, um, but he did have to acknowledge that. In fact, yes, what Edward Snowden had released, uh, information, was in fact correct and accurate and was happening um, even, you know, kind of beyond uh, congressional oversight. So uh, Edward Snowden lives. He is in Russia. Uh, he would like to come home. But of course, in this climate, um, this political climate, uh, he cannot. So... Mm, Edward Snowden, what an interesting figure he is, um, and he's somebody that we still need to pay attention to. Um, it was a really, really cool event at the Curran Theater the other night uh, with Michael Krasny uh, hosting and interviewing um, Edward Snowden, big with his like giant head on the screen. You know, so <laughs> it was 
it was an interesting event. Um, so I definitely want to talk about that because it's really important that we recognize the invasion, uh, the, the degree of which, uh, to which, um, agencies within the U S government is going, um, you know, in the name of security. And what's really interesting and telling is that all of this collection of data, um, millions and millions of Americans, uh, information has failed, uh, despite original claims, uh, some of these commissions that Obama, uh, put together, um, they actually found that all that collection of information had failed to prevent a single terrorist attack. So, um, Edward Snowden's point was, uh, you know, some people may have thought it's okay to trade liberty for security, but um, even the security part has failed. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to Women's Magazine. We're going to have a good day this, this Friday. Uh, we love truth-telling. We love the First Amendment, fr freedom of speech. Um, so, along the lines of, uh, you know, not just the government wanting all, to collect all of your information without you knowing, um, an interesting story came out this week that I had to read a couple of different articles about because when I first read it, I was like, no way, that's not really happening. That's just some sort of, you know, fluff. I hate the, the term fake news, but I thought it was fake at first. Um, but then I went, I went looking because it was really interesting to me. So apparently Facebook is asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves. Yeah, let me repeat that. Facebook is asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves. Why? Well, so that it can block the images if they are later uploaded as revenge porn. <laughs> I got Roman in here. That was a great reaction. <laughs> yeah. So apparently revenge porn is like a big thing that happens on social media. I thankfully have not had any personal experience with this, but apparently um, every, uh, every month, I think they said, let, let me find, let me find that part. I want to say, <laughs> basically it's like you're in a relationship or you're dating with somebody and you send them naked pictures of yourself and then you break up and then that person decides I'm going to get back at you. So I'm going to post your naked pictures in social media. Apparently, um, the, the company sees 54,000 cases of this every month. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm like a Paul Schaefer, but I, mostly swearing and just <laughs> <laughs> muttering. Awesome. Car carry on, please, Roman. That's uh, Roman Reimer from the uh, Weekly Review. Hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you should definitely tune in to Weekly Review here at Mutiny Radio, Fridays 12 to 2. <laughs> the Paul Schaefer of <laughs> Women's Magazine. Um, <laughs> only, only in expletives, please. Um, <laughs> so... Apparently, this is like a huge problem. I, I mean, fifty-four thousand cases a month of of people being being dicks and and posting dick pictures or or whatever. Um, no, but you know, getting back at someone by posting naked pictures of them. You know, so 
Facebook's solution? Send us your nude photos and videos, um, and we will... <laughs> I'm just going to read this. I can't, I can't even like <laughs> say this with a straight face. All right. So... Facebook, asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves so that it can block images if they're later uploaded as revenge porn. A trial of the feature in Australia asks people who are worried about their intimate pictures being posted uh, by an ex-partner to, pro to provide the images to Facebook so that it knows to prevent them from being uploaded in the future. Uh -huh. The trial is due to spread to the UK, US, and Canada. Um, Facebook software would create a, quote, hash or a digital fingerprint of the photo so that it can be recognized next time it's uploaded and automatically blocked. Mm -hmm. um, it hopes that preemptive action will prove better than deleting the images only after they're reported, by which time the damage may have already been done. Yeah. Facebook bans explicit images and revenge porn can result in a prison sentence of up to two years in the UK, but it's still a major problem on, on the social network. Um, as we said, leaked documents revealed that the company sees 54,000 cases a month. <laughs> That's a lot of revenge. That is. <laughs> a lot of naked pictures. Um, <laughs> so here, okay, so we'll go on. Um, Julie Inman Grant, Australia's e-safety commissioner, said Facebook would not be permanently storing the images, mm -hmm. but only the hashes, which are capable of blocking further attempts to upload pictures, but cannot be decoded to produce the images. The same hashing technology has been used for years to prevent the spread of child pornography and is also used by internet companies to share and block terrorist images. Facebook started blocking repeated instances of revenge porn earlier this year, I guess just, just this year, um, using the hashing technique uh, to identify explicit images that had already been reported and prevent them from being reshared. Uh, but this trial <laughs> takes it one step further by attempting to thwart the uh, pictures from being uploaded in the first place. Mm. Um, <laughs> Roman, I, I do have a comment. Yes, wasn't it? Wasn't there something where like everything you put on Facebook or upload to Facebook, Facebook somehow owns? Uh, so you're right. Uh, yeah, they can like the, you sign away. You basically, I believe, you allow them to use any of your images that you upload. You know, as in theory, that it's like, oh, if we want to advertise or if mm -hmm. we want to like. If we think your picture is great and we want to say, come join Facebook and yeah. look at this great picture. You're right, Roman. You're absolutely yeah. right. And that's another reason why we should be reading the fine print. When you download an app, when you sign up for a, a website, a social networking service, read the fucking fine print. That's a huge problem right now. For example, Netflix. Uh-huh. Netflix. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-oh is right. Because everybody wants to watch, you know, as many movies as you want for like eight bucks a month. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, when you initially sign up, uh, when I initially signed up, I read the fine print and I was like, okay, that's, you know, didn't sound like too bad. Then about a few months ago, they said, uh, we've, we've rewritten our privacy terms so you know click here and agree or you know read them and then agree so of course i read them um which a lot of people don't and i you know i really encourage you to do so you need to be able to make that choice and so um and and this is 
regardless if it's on your computer or even if it's on your phone, if you download the app for Netflix. Yeah. You know, you, you're like, what are the agreements? What do I have to agree to? Well, we want access to your photos, your files, your contacts. It's like, wait a second. On Netflix? Right. This isn't, I mean, this is not some sort of like social sharing network right. where it's not like, you know, LinkedIn where I want, where maybe I want to see who in my address book is on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Like there's no connection there for if you're going to watch a movie. Yeah. Right. Or you're trying to watch a TV show. Why would Netflix need to have access to any of your personal information on your personal device? Mm -hmm. um, but, and, and I've, you know, I have a smartphone and every time I think about downloading an app or somebody tells me about something, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll fucking use an app. And I look at it and it's like the Google play store and almost all of them now, if they're, you know, free ones or whatever, I haven't paid for any, um, almost all of them want access to all of that information. Hmm. And ergo, I don't use these services. Um, but it really pissed me off because I really wanted to watch movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, and, and, and when I got that notice to, um, you know, agree, it was like basically agree or cancel your service. Ugh. So I, I canceled. Wow. So I, you know, if you guys have any VHS tapes and you want to send them to me, I still have a VCR. I, I actually do. Nice. Yeah. You know, let's go analog on this shit. Yeah. Um, or find some other way to do it because um, yeah, you're giving it away, folks. You're mm. fucking giving it away. So this whole Facebook thing of, oh, well, we're not going to store the images, really. It's just going to be, like, stored somewhere, and it's going to be kind of encrypted. The idea is it would be able to scan a picture of anybody, you know, and it's just, we're talking, like, naked pictures, too. So not necessarily the face, oh. right? <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it's like, you're going to prevent any other naked pictures of this particular person from ever being uploaded onto Facebook. Mm. Okay. So that, that's scary in and of itself. Um, but also I was thinking, well, who's to say that, uh, you know, the, the, the photos, <laughs> these naked photos, you know, if some, if, if, if you sent it to another person and then that person had that photo, then they could, in theory, upload it, right? Yeah. But what if the other person took a picture of you and you didn't, like, it wasn't your photo? Right. Like, how would you, you can't, like, upload their photo to prevent them from posting something. Yeah. So, this is really fucked up. I think it's really stupid. Um, and, you know, <laughs> don't send naked pictures of yourself, folks. I don't know. I mean, that would, to me, makes the most sense. Hey, maybe you want to, but you really have to think about where these pictures are going. It kind of makes me think about Willy Wonka and Mike TV, you know? It's like... You know, well, how do they make TV? Well, they take the, you know, this image gets gets shot and then it goes up into the air and in millions of tiny pieces and then it shows up on your screen. You know, I mean, just as a very kind of, you know, juvenile <laughs> uh, example. Um, but it's like you're sending pictures in a world where all of your information mm. can be hacked and accessed. Yeah. And in many cases, Ooh. you have already given permission to these companies to 
get access to these things. So, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, we can't go back to the the good old days where if you wanted to send a naked picture of yourself, got a Polaroid, you put it in the mail. That's right. You wait a few days. And if you're hopefully still seeing the person, (laughs) they'll get it. That's right. Exactly. So, you know, it's a weird world we're living in everybody. Um, but (laughs) blood flower walked in. He's, he knows it's a weird world we're living in. Um, so yeah, here we are in a world where, uh, a whistleblower, Edward Snowden, a, you know, a, a dedicated American government worker, um, decided to let the American public know that the government was spying on them with this huge overreach and totally unconstitutional. Um, and he can't come home nope. uh, because he's being charged under the Espionage Act and for study uh, for two counts of something under the Espionage Act and also um, like stealing government property. Um, but he's a whistleblower, which means he's a truth teller. And he, uh, he's so you know what he's so articulate and he's so intelligent and he's so kind of level-headed. Um, anyhow, so we've got Edward Snowden, who's in exile essentially. He can't come home. He wants to come home. Let's bring him home someday under safety. Um, let's pardon him uh, for for helping people know what was going on. And um, and now you know Facebook wants you to upload naked pictures of yourself just so that you know that they can help you prevent your exes from posting revenge porn. Congratulations, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think we might be nearing the cusp of idiocracy. Oh, I, I, I bet you it can go far more worse and beyond what we even can imagine. <laughs> oh, man. And this is supposed to be an upbeat show today. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, we have to laugh at this, right? You have to. I mean, I, when I first read about the Facebook thing, I was like, yeah. you give me a break. Yeah. This is like the onion, right? You know, it's like, it's, but it's not the onion. Yeah. It's Facebook. It's actually doing it. So, um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm. Just, it's really good luck. Um, <laughs> what we need. Um, but what we need is we need, we need a lot of things. Um, I want to, I got a few more minutes. I want to talk a little bit more about Edward Snowden did. Um, and then I want to read your poem that I wrote about it. So Michael Krasny was asking him like, well, where are you kind of politically, you know, like beforehand you were kind of more libertarian, like where are you politically now? And, mm. and Edward Snowden was very, very smart and he, uh, you know, kind of avoided the question. Smart. But he was pointing to the fact that we have to get beyond partisanship and you know, there's people who are like red team, blue team, bad guys, good guys, blah, 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 blah. That the division and the divisiveness, um, that, that we experience, uh, is not helping, uh, the American public. Mm. Um, we need to be able to come together and discuss our values and look at what we, what is all in, in public interest and in overall interest and what we actually agree on instead of what we disagree on. Mm. Um, and I really appreciated that point and he made it a couple of times. Also, there was an, a question from the audience, uh, about, you know, what do you think is going to make the biggest difference, public policy or technology? Mm. And I thought that was a really good question. Mm. And he answered it in a very interesting way. He said, well, you know what? It's going to be everything. 
You can't just rely on public policy. Um, public policy isn't going to change everything. Even if there was a huge, you know, grinchy change of heart in the White House tomorrow and yeah. everyone's heart grew three sizes that day, um, you're not going to have, like, public policy that's going to benefit everybody or, or, like, change everything overnight. Um, but you also have... I mean, you can send information. I mean, look at his, the information he sent, and the uh, you know, and things that can go around the world uh, in an instant um, that can change things and can change people and can bring information and all this stuff. And and so, uh, you know, kind of a comprehensive, like basically everybody has to be in it. Um, so I would like to personally thank Edward Snowden for being a brave, courageous person um, and a, a compatriot uh, for for truth telling and taking taking the personal risk. Um, and, and someone asked him, like, "Well, you know, uh, something about heroes." And I loved his answer. He's like, "I don't believe in heroes." Mm. And you know what? I, I've I've kind of historically not either. Um, yeah. And he's like, you know, when you believe in heroes, uh, that's another form of separation. Mm. You know, to say that. Uh, these people did something that I can't do. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, everybody can do something. So, so just for saying that he's kind of a hero of mine. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, and I, I too, I'm kind of, I've kind of always been in the anti-hero camp. So, um, it was an interesting comment. And Edward Snowden, I found out, is like two years younger than me. Well, like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, brother. Um, so uh, we're, we are contemporaries here. And uh, the world has a lot to, to, of work to do. So I'm glad that we're all here to do it. Here is a poem. <laughs> After all that. And I wrote this the day after I saw this uh, cool event at the current theater here. And it's called Your Truth is Out There. A little bit of blue skies and tears well up in Edward Snowden's eyes. Two standing O's from San Francisco supporting our truth-telling compatriot who's been demonized by the very government he worked for and carefully exposed as violating privacy in a telecom complicit dragnet of data, your phone records and three degrees of friends. That was 2013, and it hasn't ended. He blew the whistle and his own cover, discovering the unconstitutional overreach of an adolescent application of new technology wielded by novice agencies hungry for power, like an ambitious apprentice making a million sweeps while the masses rest and play, getting flooded by overflowing fountains of alleged fact-finding, found, in fact, to have never netted any plots against the people. Even the precarious deal of trading liberty for security has failed. Yet, we are still susceptible to the inside job of a virtual home invasion of all of your information. Mm. I'm Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. Stay tuned.
Thank you for tuning in to listen to Women's Magazine here this fine Friday, October 10th, 2017. I'm Global Val, and remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like risking your life, career, and, nation- and nationality to expose the fact that your government is spying on almost every single American for no good reason, hey, inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you, and stay tuned. Coming up next, the Common Thread Collective Open Mic. It's Diamond Dave's birthday weekend. He's 80 years old, punk as fuck. (laughs) So come back, come down and join us. We're at the corner of 21st in Florida, right here in the Mission District of San Francisco. We have microphones. We've got uh, some some cool chairs and and, uh, places for you to hang out. And there's a piano if you care to uh, play the keyboard a little bit or whatever you want to do music poetry activism art projects um you know free free flowing thought so stay tuned or come down and join us and also on saturday that's tomorrow at adobe bookstore over here on 24th street from 6 30 to 9 p.m we're gonna have diamond dave's birthday party uh Trio Cambio will be featuring at 7 o'clock. We're also going to have a cool local bluegrass band, the Beauty Operators, um, with our friend Jeremy Pollock, who's in that band, who used to have a show here as part of the League of Pissed Off Voters. Um, and you and anybody else you want to come and, and come be a part of it. Uh, you want to read a poem, you want to play a song, you want to pull a book off the shelf and read a paragraph, or you want to read something. Um, it will be a community event. Um, potluck, if you want to bring something to contribute for the food for the body mind and spirit as dave likes to say feel free to do so otherwise just bring yourself and your good vibes and your good wishes and we're going to have a great rockedogenarian party for diamond dave peace be right back and again some music from a group emma's revolution
Still having some. All right. Okay. <laughs> and now here we go. The Dead Kennedy is with Take This Job and Shove It. <laughs> Take this job and shove it. I ain't working no more. Come on, Take this job and shove it. I ain't worth it no more. Stop moving in this hole. I've been working for. Give me the time to stay my way. Walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't worth it no more. I've been working at the beat for now for fifty years. Oh, you got my feet all over the place. I've seen a lot of people die and they're in pain. I get the shove right off my back and I have to tell you to stay. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Stop 
Hello, you're listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, so please stay tuned.
Hello everyone, welcome to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm Fucking San Francisco, Merry fucking Christmas, this is Free Speech Radio I don't swear that often, even though I could But you know what, hey, you know what, it's the holidays, so tis the season I'm going to play you some music today, I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day Here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective This is off of a really cool album, a holiday album from a local brass trio called Lip Service, um, headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pasquale. So uh, here we go, the Lip Service Brass Trio Halliday album, um, Carol of the Bells, of course, Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas.
folks. Let it rain. I'm sorry. Let it snow. Merry Christmas. This is Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. What a year. Oh, my God. This is the last show of 2017. It is December 20-something. 2017, 22nd, I imagine. And uh, that was some music from, again, a local brass trio called Lip Service off of their holiday album called Holiday Album. And uh, very cool. Nice to have some some horn section going on. We're going to play that all day. Why not? Well, I um, was just last night listening to some of our mutinyradio.fm podcasts and i was listening uh, you know on facebook they 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 you know they act as your own brain and they're like remember this this is your memory and so they posted a memory <laughs> quote unquote from 2014 where i did a december show reading from uh, Merlin Stone's huge, thick uh, anthropological tome called uh, When God Was a Woman, which traces the goddess religion back at least 25,000 years. And uh, way before, um, you know, the before our our modern day uh, single god monotheism of... um, that exists in, in, in so many religions, namely uh, Christianity, uh, Judaism, and Islam. Um, so people have been worshiping women for a long, long time. So um, that popped up in my Facebook memory. And then it reminded me that last year, I actually had um, my last show of, of, of 2016, I had two very special guests. Um, and that was uh, Jesus H. Christ and the Divine Goddess. So um, 2016 had a great um, holiday show. I like to do something slightly irreverent on Christmas, um, just for fun. You know, why not? But um, another thing I like to do is to do kind of a year in review. So uh, the past couple days, I've been compiling uh, a spreadsheet of some of the things that I've been covering all year long. 2017 has been a crazy year. Donald Trump has been the president the whole time. Crazy. Well, at least since January 20th. But of course, we have to acknowledge the huge, largest protest in American history on the day after inauguration, the Women's March, where millions of people around the country marched in the streets um, against Donald Trump and his chauvinism, his misogyny, and his particularly egregious version of uh, xenophobia, where uh, if you're not a rich white male, then what are you doing in my office? Unless you're, you know, some sort of uh, Eastern European prom queen or something. Anyhow, um, I got a little off track there. But uh, it's been a, it's been an amazing year as well. A lot of great things have happened in 2017. I've been a, a party to many uh, very cool events. Um, but I wanted to kind of give a little recap of what's been happening on Women's Magazine in 2017. So here we go. And we'll take a little musical break. 
when I get tired of talking and you get tired of listening to me. So January 2017, um, not only did we have the Women's March on the 21st, but also if you go onto mutinyradio.fm and you go to the podcasts and find our special events page, you'll also find from uh, January 21st, the Anti-Inaugural Poets Ball, which is something that I hosted uh, as a special event that evening. So definitely check that out. But January kicked off with the 50th anniversary of the Human Bean, which I got to um, co-host and MC over there at the Gray Area on Mission Street. So on uh, the January 23rd show, Mona Lisa Wallace came in and read from our Womanifesto, which we've retitled Womanifesta, which is a declaration of human rights. Uh, It's based on the UN Declaration of Human Rights, but geared, uh, kind of tailored towards uh, the female, so to speak. So I want to read you a little bit from the Womanifesta. I affirm that I am a full human being, born free, and entitled to all which is morally guaranteed to all people equally. I am entitled to the peaceful enjoyment of my life and basic human needs, including wholesome shelter, access to healthy local food and water, clean air, health care, child care, elder care, education, nonviolence, security, and the opportunity to work for fair compensation and community. I oppose all violence, war, mass incarceration, wrongful arrest, torture, the death penalty, militarized policing, and corporal punishment. I am entitled to the political freedoms of speech, association, movement, democratic and representative vote in elections and governance, to the press, assembly, asylum, national identity, access to public education, access to public information, including internet access and net neutrality. I'm entitled to privacy, digital and otherwise, to property ownership, marital status, parenting status, my or my intimate partner's gender identity, age, ability, national association, spiritual association, or lack thereof. I'm entitled to mental autonomy, including freedom of thought, freedom of expression, religious freedom to practice any spiritual tradition or none at all, and to live and die without governmental establishment of a religion or oppression by any religion. I am entitled to reproductive freedom access to birth control, abortion, menstrual accommodation, because those days are hard, y'all, nursing accommodation, child care, and equal treatment whether I do or do not have a child. I and future generations are entitled to natural resource preservation, biodiversity protection, truthful labeling of foods and products, 
local food infrastructure, and effective protection from environmental and health harms generated by the machinations of commerce and human activity, which include natural resource reduction, climate change, pollution of air and water, excessive extinctions of flora and fauna, carcinogens, and toxins found in personal and food products. I declare my freedom from being commodified, enslaved, forced into military service for the benefit of war profiteers, imprisoned for the benefit of incarceration profiteers, criminalized for poverty, criminalized for addiction or mental condition, sexually or medically exploited or unfairly compensated for my work. I have the right to work and to organize with a workers' union for equal pay, for equal work, to child care, family leave, and the equal opportunity. I oppose corporate personhood, recognizing the moral imperative that all humans are individual lives, each of which is worthy of overriding preference towards protections of these rights by governance, not to be transgressed, purchased, unduly influenced, or even balanced against any such rights or their equivalents attributed to non-human entities or constructs such as corporations, governments, and religions. I affirm my membership in the human community and the representative systems of governments that democratically serve our collective interests to protect these freedoms, rights, and entitlements due to all people, regardless of gender identity or any other association or attribute. That is the Woman Manifesto, everybody. So thank you for tuning in to Women's Magazine today. Let me play a little more music from the Brass Trio Lip Service, and I'll be back for more Year in Review. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Time flies, man. This has been a really fast year. You're listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. Hey, you know what? That was only January. That was just one day in January. So I'm, I'm going to do the uh, the quick, quick version as, as um, well, I, I'm going to attempt that anyway. So that was January 23rd, the Women Manifesto. Um, let's see what else happened. Um, January 20th, I was 
playing um, uh, a recording from Cat Brooks of the Anti-Police Terror Project, with, which called for 120 hours of resistance, calling on Martin Luther King Day. Um, and uh, also in January the 27th, I did some commentary on the Women's March and uh, read from the Declaration of Independence. I also had my guest Roman Reimer from the Weekly Review, who was in D.C. during the inauguration and the follow subsequent day of the Women's March, um, who reported on uh, things that had happened while he was there. And of course, I've been reading poetry all year. That was a poem that day called, I'm Not White and Neither Are You. Uh, in February, we sadly lost one of our mutiny radio DJs, J.D. Buell. And so uh, starting in, in early February, we got to play some of his music from his album called Some Are Still Not Free. Also in February, I played some music from another late, great local visionary called um, Mama Kotel, who was uh, honored this year at the Mission Cultural Center uh, during the Dia de los Muertos um, altar uh, display. Um, and Mama Coto was amazing. Uh, Border Crossing Diosa was her book that she actually hand painted and uh, typed up and, and bound um, with her CD as well. And uh, I also read some kind of raw um, notes that I was making on the topic of misogyny. <laughs> Women's Magazine, folks. Um, also in February, I was still talking about the Dakota Access Pipeline and the Standing Rock water protectors uh, that I was covering for the past year um, and here on Women's Magazine and also on the Common Thread Collective. Um, also, we had the first ever female sound team nominated for an Oscar in February. Um, so many things, so many things, so many things going on here in San Francisco. Uh, it's hard to keep up with, that's for sure. And then March, of course, was International Women's Month. Uh, kicked off March, March 3rd, I had our friend E.K. Keith in here. She overcame her own fear of flying to go to Washington, D.C. to be part of the Women's March on Washington. And then she almost got kicked out of uh, <laughs> Mount Vernon, uh, George Washington's home, for asking a pointed question about why they were refusing to uh, acknowledge the people who worked there as actual slaves. Um, but uh, that was a great story, March 3rd. And then March 17th, oh, good old St. Patrick's Day. I had our friend Gisela Tangui from the Voodoo Cabaret. She was on the show um, uh, talking about her music and what she was doing um, in terms of uh, standing up against racism in America. Goddamn. So much to do. Um, oh, and then March 24th, um, my guest was Lois Flood, and she's the founder of the Diablo Dance Theater. She is an expert in the dances of Isadora Duncan. So she gave us a call in, and we had an amazing conversation about Isadora Duncan, who was a feminist and a radical and, uh, you know, it just kind of broke the boundaries of and kind of is looked at as the creator of modern dance because uh, she refused to color inside the lines, so to speak. 
Um, and March was Women's History Month, so um, that was uh, fitting, and I was really happy to have Lois Flood call in to um, give us that history. And then April, National Poetry Month, um, kicked off with actually a different topic. Dr. Diane Tober and the students from UC Berkeley who are the co-directors of SURGE, which is the Students United for Reproductive Justice at UC Berkeley, um, they were talking about the bill in California, um, um, Bill uh, number 320, which would make abortion medication available on all college campuses in California. Um, so they are still a very active group, SURGE, that is S-U-R-J, and um, they've been really pushing forward that agenda because if an abortion pill is available, why wouldn't it be available in co on college campuses at the medical centers? Because abortion is a constitutional right, even if the um, vice president of the United States right now would like to uh, repeal that. But, you know, he's kind of a freak. Free speech here at Mutiny Radio. Um, and then I didn't take notes for a few weeks. And then in May, um, I broke down the American Health Care Act, which is the, the first health care reform bill that the GOP put forth in the House of Representatives, which was a ridiculously written bill. It wasn't very long, which is uh, one of the reasons I was able to get through it. But I kind of broke down what it would do, which is basically uh, taking... Uh, taking money away from Medicare and Medi-Cal, because Medi-Cal here in California is kind of the, the Medicare of, uh, you know, subsidiary, kind of, the, you know, further out on the branch of, of uh, who receives money in order to do things. Um, it was a horrendous bill, if I recall correctly. Um, it was also targeting undocumented immigrants in that bill. Aren't those guys so nice? Um, they were documenting, uh, sorry, they were targeting undocumented immigrants in that original health care bill um, by basically forcing states to um, provide uh, the paperwork uh, that the person was in good standing, at least in their paperwork process of um, trying to become a citizen or being legally here in the United States. Um, so they were doing this kind of surreptitious and um, kind of trying to strangle the states in a way in order to get to these poor people who have fled their countries uh, because of uh, poverty or violence and have come to the United States, the land of opportunity. Um, and uh, trying to say that states need to verify their paperwork status in order to get federal reimbursement for the money that states spend on administering uh, uh, medical treatment for undocumented or uh, questionably documented peoples. Um, also in the American Health Care Act, that was back in May that the House passed, um, it didn't end up going anywhere, but um, a couple of my favorite provisions on there, um, the very last one, <laughs> which was to um, repeal the 10% excise tax on indoor tanning. Oh, it's such a drag to have to pay another 10% tax on my indoor tanning. Oh my God, this is crazy. Anyhow, moving along, and eh, we came into summer. 
there were a lot of uh, events going on here in San Francisco. Um, there was a vigil commemorating the anniversary of the European Jewish refugees who were turned away at the shores of the United States and sent back to Europe, where many of them were killed in the Holocaust. Um, and, uh, yeah, serious business, because we see that uh, this administration would like to keep people out, keep refugees at bay, not let them into the country. Um, earlier this year, when... Um, the, there was a, a travel ban executive order coming down from the White House. We saw people rush to the airports to protest um, because people who were coming in from other countries, these like six predominantly Muslim countries, were being detained at the airport for not even necessarily being doing anything wrong. Um, these were people who maybe even had been in the green card process for a very long time, had been granted their cards, and um, were now finally arriving in the U.S. And this travel ban stopped them and detained them. And many of them were subsequently let go because of the public outpouring and the protests that sprung up at the airport. Um, so it's been a very active year uh, in terms of uh, civic engagement. And uh, I, I listened to that past show a couple months ago, and I'll say it again, you don't fuck around at the airport. Um, but you know what? People went out there and did. And uh, it certainly helped some of our fellow human beings. So right on to that. Um, Let's see what else happened. Uh, oh, yeah, the Voodoo Cabaret, who I mentioned earlier, they played at Fort Mason for the San Francisco International Arts Festival um, during a segment called Rise Above Racism. Also in June, uh, James Comey, the head of the FBI, was fired, um, but there was a very interesting op-ed by Nicole Serratone in the New York Times called James Comey and the Predator-in-Chief. Um, and then not too long afterwards, um, we started to see a big shift in the, uh, the culture across the United States as the Me Too campaign came into play. Um, but also in June, naked feminists in Argentina um, went out and protested against uh, fem feminicide um, because in 2017, there was an average of once every 24 hours in Argentina was a woman killed. Big stuff, folks. Um, real, real things. Let's see. I'm going to play a little more music for you because we're halfway through the year and I'm most of the way through this show. Came in a little late today. I want to thank um, my friends uh, Monty and Aaron out there hanging out at Clooney's on Valencia. Um, a great uh, dive to enjoy your holiday cheer, a giant Christmas tree and a, a real local joint. So um, thanks for uh, meeting me for a couple of holiday toddies before the show, if you can't tell folks. Anyhow, I'm Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine. We're here at mutinyradio.fm, free speech radio traveling around the planet on the internet. Here's some more music from Lip Service's holiday album. Thank you. 
don't feel so bad if I'm here at Mutiny Radio, that is, 21st in Florida. We're here. We are a community radio station. If you would like to support us, you can go straight to our website, mutinyradio.fm. You can also support us through our 501c3 sponsor, Media Alliance, and uh, get a tax write-off. But also, if you would like to be a DJ here, you can. All you have to do is email our director, director at Mutiny radio.fm and uh, connect with uh, Pam Benjamin who is the uh, comedy queen here at Mutiny Radio and uh, let her know that you're interested in getting trained on our board here and possibly doing your own show. So it is an available resource, a community resource. It's very affordable and uh, we hope that uh, if you're feeling inspired that you'll come on down and uh, do your thing as well. All right, I've got a couple more minutes here. I'm not going to take too much more time because we're going to get into the common thread in a few minutes here. But um, I was only halfway through the year. (laughs) Anyhow, um, yeah, in July, there were girls in Texas who were doing their quinceanera who were protesting a bill in Texas um, against immigration. That was really cool. SB4 in Texas. Um, Also in... uh, then later in the summer, on August 11th, I interviewed Dr. Sylvia Frain. She is a doctor of peace, by the way, peace and conflict, but emphasis on the peace, who did her dissertation on Guam. And uh, Guam popped up in the news earlier this year in, ter- in the context of uh, North Korea and their supposed threat uh, to the United States, who said, well, we could bomb Guam. Well, and then the U.S. said, we will always defend Guam. But uh, actually, Sylvia Frayne came on and talked to us about the military presence in Guam and the history of, um, well, the U.S.'s exploitation of Guam and their refusal to um, help Guam achieve self-independence uh, and self-determination, which is something that was part of the deal. Anyhow, going on, um, oh, August 18th, tune in. I interviewed <laughs> Katai, who is the um, kind of the equivalent of the American Idol of comedy in Thailand. She's hilarious. Um, August 18th, tune into that show, that podcast. Um and then, of course, later in the summer, there was the whole, you know, the the, the Patriot Prayer Group was coming to Chrissy Field, and then um, thousands of people went out onto the streets to protest what uh, was perceived as a hate group um, here in San Francisco. It was a, quite the event. Oh, and then also, and then later in September, or that was August as well, there were a group of women entrepreneurs, a a pair really, a duo, who created a fake male third partner to um, try to um, advance their business. And it had some telling results. Um, They had people offering this hypothetical, um, uh, fictitious man in their group all sorts of help in terms of launching his business, but they were um, equally uh, turned away, unequally. So that was kind of an interesting story. Anyhow, folks, you know what? It's about to be the Common Thread Collective, so 
I can talk about uh, more of this as we go along, but it has been a wild year. Lots of highs and lows. I want to thank everybody who has been a part of Mutiny Radio, Women's Magazine, the Common Thread Collective, all everyone who has uh, reached out and kind of you know tapped me uh, to get involved in various events and um, throughout the year. I was really proud to um, MC at the Digital Bean, the uh, 50th anniversary of the of the Human Bean, also Poems Under the Dome, also uh, Earth Day San Francisco, which was part of the March for Science, and Peace in the Park, which happened in just in September. So uh, it's fun to uh, get out there and, and be with the peoples and uh, announce people and, and get a chance to have a, have a microphone so we can spread the love, spread the word 